God's good. Those of you that are watching at home, I want you to stand up real quick. Let's pray over the message. Let's pray over the word. Let's get ready to receive. Father, we thank you for your overwhelming goodness, kindness, mercy, favor, grace towards us. You are good to us. You are a good God. And we won't stop praising. So, Father, we will continually have your praise on our lips. We will honor you all of our days. In all things, we will give thanks, for this is your will towards us in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Father, we give you praise. We give you thanks that you always, already gave us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And so, Father, on today, as I give myself over to you in this moment to communicate what you want me to say, how you want me to say it in your name and for your glory, I declare that this word will go forth unhindered, unchecked by any satanic or demonic force. It's going to accomplish those things that it's sent out to do. It will prosper in every heart in which it is sown. And all of us that are under the sound of my voice said amen, amen. and amen. Give God some praise one more time. Hallelujah. Let's give God some praise for the music ministry. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, our musicians. Let's give God some praise for our pastors, Apostles Tony and Cynthia Brazelton. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. All right. All right, we're ready for the word now. You may be seated. For those of you that are at home, go ahead and get your Bible out. For those of you that still have physical Bibles, or you can get your iPad, get your phone ready, whatever. We're about to get into the word of God. Say amen to that. Amen. Amen. Praise God. And so listen. Uh, uh, what I like to do whenever I stand is I flow in the same vein, uh, whatever we've been teaching, and that's kind of like the, the vein that I flow in. Joe, is kind of like, you know, double dash. You remember that? All right. I mean, they didn't let me play too much growing up in Brooklyn, right? Those girls, they were serious about that thing. But whenever you did get in, you kind of had to get in on the flow, right? And so I get in on the flow, and right now, Apostle Cynthia has been teaching about passing the test. Say, passing the test. Passing the test. So as believers, born-again believers, filled with the Holy Ghost believers, people that love God, the fact that we love God doesn't mean, uh, Brother Rick Perry, that we are going to be exonerated from challenges. As a matter of fact, the anointing that's on our lives, as a matter of fact, the calling that's on our lives, as a matter of fact, the favor that's on our lives may attract more challenges than we want. But the, but the good news is that, watch this, there's a grace. Say, I have the grace, have the grace. to pass every test. Say, so I have the grace. Listen, I'm, I'm going to talk to you today about the fact that you have the grace to pass every test. No matter what you're facing, no matter what you're facing right now, those of you that are watching at home, listen, no matter what you're facing, God has given you the grace to face it. If you didn't have the grace for it, you wouldn't be facing it. If it's true that, that God will never allow you to face something that you can't handle, and that's true, then, then the fact that you're facing it means that God trusts you with it, Florence. That means that instead of, I told you before, instead of you saying, woe is me, say, woe, it's me. Check this out. Look, look, look. Look at what God trusts me with now. There was a time in my life, Florence, where this thing would have destroyed me. There was a time in my life where that email that I got or that letter that I got that I didn't want to get, that that was a time in my life where I would have been distraught. I would not have known what to do. But now at this stage of my life, God trusts me with different levels and stages. And now I know that there's a level of grace that's on my life. And the grace of God is on me to do what I could never do without God. And I am empowered by God to do what I do. I am empowered by God to go where I go. I'm empowered by God to flow in my divine calling, in my divine gifting. And I know that when I get up in the morning, the reason why I don't need anybody to pump me or prime me because when I get up in the morning, my calling is calling me. 
And so I'm not a mistake. I know that the favor of God is on my life. And so 2 Timothy 1 and 9, the Bible says, as I'm laying the foundation, in 2 Timothy 1 and 9, the Bible says that God saved us. Say, I'm saved. If you're saved, if you're not saved, we're going to deal with that at the end of the service. But if you're saved, say, I'm saved. I'm saved. The Bible says God saved us and I was just watching Schoolhouse Rock the other day. Isabella grew up in the islands. She, she don't know nothing about Schoolhouse Rock, right? So I was like, check this out, babe. And she was like, you know, I'm only a bill. Remember that? Sitting here on Capitol Hill. And then I had to play conjunction junction and the conjunctions function uh, for, for Isabella because she ain't never seen that before, right? And so, so you got to hook up nouns and verbs. And so, so in, in 2 Timothy 1 and 9, the Bible says that God saved us. Say, I'm saved. I'm saved. Here comes that conjunction. And called us. So, and look, I'm saved, but if I'm born again, I'm saved, and I'm still here, then that's evidence that God wants to do something with my life. So I'm saved. He saved me, and he called me. Say, I'm called. With a holy calling, the Bible says. The reason why he called me with a holy calling, so that my life could be about something that's bigger than me. So that the rest of my life, it could be about something that's bigger than me and, and my selfish desires. So God saved us, the Bible says, and called us with a holy calling. And then, I love it, I love it. The Bible says, not according to your own works. One of the greatest things that the Lord did for me, Sister Bovane, is that he delivered me from performance-based religion. He delivered me from the pressure to perform. God saved me and called me not according to my own works, the text says, but according to his own purpose and grace. So he gave me a purpose and he gave me the grace for the purpose. He gave me an assignment. And he gave me the grace for the assignment. And he gave me all of this, the text says, in Christ Jesus. When? Before the beginning of time. Is that in the Bible? Come on now. So he gave, listen, God saved me and called me, not according to my own works, according to his own purpose and grace, which he gave me in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time. So before my mama met my daddy, I already had an assignment and I already had the grace for the assignment. So I'm not a mistake. I'm here on this planet for a divine reason. God, God predestined me. I am foreordained to walk in the divine assignment. That's why I'm comfortable being me. I, I I only have the grace to be me. But listen, I have the grace to pass every test. Then that means that, watch this, no matter what God has called me to do, no matter what test I'm going to face along the way, I have the grace for it. It's not like I'm going to get the grace for it. I already have it. God's instruction is always equal to his injection. God will never tell me to do something he hasn't already injected me with. Say this, say this. Say, my future is not ahead of me. Say, my future is within me. And so, so there's some stuff on the inside of me. And so now I'm living my life and it becomes the outworking of the internal. I'm just walking out the things that God already placed in me from the foundations of the world. It happened before the beginning of time. God gave me the assignment and the grace for the assignment. God gave me the calling and the grace for the anointing. Listen, I'm called to do it. And whatever I'm called to do, I am graced to do. I have the grace to pass every test. So listen, I am going to face tests. Like everyone else, I will be tested. I will be challenged. God never promised me a perpetual picnic. God never said it was going to be easy. As a matter of fact, the Apostle Paul, we learn from the Apostle Paul that oftentimes when we ask God for less challenge, Melody, we, we say, hey, God, there's a lot of challenge. Can you bring the challenge down? He says, no, what I'll do is I'll bring the grace up. 
<laughs> and so, 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 so we, we ask God for less challenge, and what he does, he, he responds with more grace. He says, my grace is sufficient for thee. My strength is made perfect in your weakness. Listen, I want you to get to the point where you don't rely on you. God is saying, I want you to get to the point where you're not looking at your qualifications, your ability, your power, your strength. I'm going to call you to fund stuff that you don't have the money for. I'm going to call you to walk into rooms that you're not qualified to be in. I'm going to call you to operate on levels that you don't have the education or the experience for. And in those moments, I want you to rely on my grace. And so instead of lowering the challenge, I'm increasing the grace. And so there's a level of grace that is on me to face whatever I'm going to face. Say, I have the grace to pass. I'm going to pass every test. Joe, why? Because I have the grace for it. I have the, I'm going to face tests. Yeah, I know. In this world, we shall suffer persecution, uh, right? In this world, I'm going to face all of these things, but I have the grace for it. And so no matter what I'm facing, as a matter of fact, the Bible calls me an overcomer. Say, I'm an overcomer. Here's the problem. How come people claim that they're an overcomer, but they don't want nothing to come over? And you can't be an overcomer if you don't have anything to come over. And so, so you, for, for you to be an overcomer, you got to face some stuff. But, but watch this, trouble on every side, but, but you're going to continue to walk through everything because the grace of God is on you to do it. Say amen to that. Amen. So you have the grace to pass every test. So, so God is not preparing your success. God already stored up your success. Let me give you some Bible on it. Uh, uh, so not only do you have the grace on your life, but watch this, grace and peace can be multiplied to you through the knowledge of God. So not only is God's grace already on my life, but as I grow in the knowledge of God, watch this, I'm going to grow in God's knowledge of me. <laughs> and when I grow in the knowledge of God and I grow in God's knowledge of me, the text says grace and peace will be multiplied unto me. Let me read it. So 2 Peter uh, chapter, one, begin, uh, chapter 1, beginning at verse 1. The Bible says, you can throw this up there if you have it. Oh, yeah, I see you have it. All right, uh, 2 Peter chapter 1, beginning at verse 1. The Bible says, hey, I'm Simon Peter. I'm a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ. So first of all, my name is Simon. Apostle is not my name. All right, I, that's free anyway. Your, name, your title is not your name. Just, just my name is Rick. That's my name. Anyway, si my name is Simon Peter. That's my name. He says, I'm a servant, first of all, and then I'm called to be an apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm writing to them that have obtained like precious faith. Say like, like. Precious, precious faith. You are surrounded by like precious faith today. You are surrounded with a great cloud of witnesses. You are not in this thing by yourself. We, Victory Christian Ministries International, those of you that are watching at home, our V Nation, you are connected to a, a, a family of believers, a body of believers. We're raising up this church to be the, the church of our Lord Jesus Christ. We are a church without walls. And so you are not in this thing alone. So when you're in the middle of a faith fight, I want you to know that you're surrounded with people of like precious faith. There's some people in this church that are not going to kill your dreams. They're going to they're gonna feed the fire and the flame of the anointing that is on your life. You need some people around you that, that are going to look at you in the middle of the storm and say, girl, you got this thing. You keep on going. Hey, man of God, let me tell you something. Look up and not down. Look forward and not backward. The best is yet to come. Come on, bro. We're here for one another. We're going to set our faith in agreement. I'm going to speak life and not death. The Bible says, let no corrupt communication proceed from out of your mouth, but only that which is good to the use of edifying that you may minister grace to one another. I am ministering grace. I'm building up my brothers and sisters with my own words. We have a body of believers like precious faith through 
the, the righteousness of God and Christ Jesus our Lord, the Bible says, grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and Jesus Christ our Lord, according as his divine power has already, say it's already done. God, his divine power has already given unto us all things that pertain unto life, all things that pertain unto godliness, but I don't, I don't even know what he already gave me until I come into the knowledge of him that called us to glory and virtue, whereby God has given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that through the promises of God, we might become partakers of God's divine nature. Say, I am a partaker of God's divine nature. And as a result, I escape the corruption that is in this world through lust. I don't look like the world. I don't act like the world because I'm a partaker of God's divine nature. I'm in God and God is in me. God is holy, so I am holy. Say amen to that. Let me highlight three things from this passage. Uh, uh, so number one, the knowledge of God leads to knowledge of self. The apostle Peter is writing. The Apostle Peter is someone who knows exactly what, how this works. The Apostle Peter was with the, uh, Jesus one time in Matthew chapter 16. The Bible says that Jesus came to the coast of Caesarea Philippi. He asked his disciples saying, whom do men say that I the son of man am? And they answering him said, well, some say, see, there's always going to be some some says. Some say that thou art John the Baptist, Jeremiah, uh, uh, Elijah, one of the prophets. He said, well, who do you say that I am? And Simon, the guy that's, that wrote this, Simon, the son of Jonah, said, flesh and blood, and said, oh, no, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And then Jesus said, oh, man, flesh and blood did not reveal that unto you. And as a result of you getting a revelation of who I am, now I'm going to give you a revelation of who you are, and you are Peter. And so you're going to go from Simon, the unstable man, to Peter, the rock. And so when you get a revelation of who Jesus is, you get a revelation of who you are. Listen, you don't even know who you are until you know who Jesus is. When I got born again... I was 23 years old. I was a Dominican kid from Brooklyn. I was in uh, Camp Doha, Kuwait. And when I got born again, I was talking to my best friend, Shawana, my best friend in high school, Manny, Manuel Ureña. Uh, when, when, when he saw that I wrote a book and he saw all this stuff, and he called me. He was like, man, how did you wind up being a preacher? It's like, like you. I mean, like I, we could have lined up a thousand people and you would have been like the last dude in line that we would have. How did you wind up being a preacher? I was like, okay, well, let me tell you. So I got born again. Say born again. Now, I grew, I'm a, look, I was raised one way. I mean, a, a, a minister of the gospel of Jesus, I was raised in the Catholic church. Number one, I, was, I never saw myself outside of the Catholic church. Number two, I never saw myself preaching the gospel. Like, like, like I'm from the hood for real, for real, right? So, no, I mean, I didn't, that's not something I even had a desire to do. But when I got born again, August 27, 1995, within days, say days, days. I, I prayed this prayer, Shawana. I don't know where, it, I know where it came from now, the Holy Ghost, right? But I'm just saying at the time, I, I went to the guy that led me to Christ, Leo Jacobs, and I said, Jake, I, I want to teach, I want to preach, I want to be a pastor. Where'd that come from? That came from, I came into the knowledge of God. And then I came into God's knowledge of me, right? When, when me discovering Jesus meant that now Jesus was free to introduce me to me. 
So, so I, when you come into the knowledge of God, that's when you are in a position to come into God's knowledge of you. You are destined from the foundations of the world, but you don't know who you are. And until you're born again, you're living your life on your own terms. You're the captain of your own ship, and you're making your own plans. And when you get born again, Jesus says you can't think about what you want. When you get born again, if you're going to be my disciple, you have to pick up your cross, die to self, die to all the plans that you had. You had all those plans. That's cool and everything, but I already made plans for you from the foundations of the world. And now our job is to find, follow, and finish the plans that God already made for us. Say amen to that. Amen. And so, so I had to discover. The Apostle Paul is saying, listen, when you come into the knowledge of God, the Apostle Peter, then you come into God's knowledge of you. It comes through the knowledge of him. So, so what happens is the more you walk with God through the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit begins to reveal to you what was prepared for you but concealed from you. And so he's showing you all things that pertain to life. Everything I'm going to need external, say external. external. Everything I'm going to need to accomplish my divine assignment, all equipment, resources, capital, everything I need, external, all things that pertain to life, external, and all things that pertain to godliness, say internal, internal. all the character, everything that I need on the inside, wisdom, revelation, knowledge, understanding, everything, all things that pertain unto life, all things that pertain unto godliness were already stored up for me. It's just that I didn't know. I didn't know. And so now as I'm dying to self and yielding to God, I'm learning to discern. Watch this. I come into the knowledge of God. Now I'm coming into God's knowledge of me, and I'm learning what God has already given me from the foundations of the world. I'm discovering what's already stored up for me from the foundations of the world. And so now all I have to do is start walking in that. Now, when I'm walking in my divine assignment, that doesn't mean that opposition is not going to come. Opposition is I will be tested. Say, I will be tested. But I have the grace to pass every test. And so when I know who I am, and I know what God has called me to do, and I'm walking in the authenticity of my assignment. And watch this, Joe. I've learned, I've told you this before, that the anointing only flows through the authentic. Right? So, so the anointing on my life will not flow when I'm, when I'm operating as somebody that's not me. So when, I, when, I'm, when I'm operating outside of my divine calling then God is looking at me crazy. God is like, what are you doing? Like, I mean, like, who are you trying to be? And so when I get over here into operating as who God called me to be, the anointing flows through the authentic, and though, though opposition comes, I'm not moved. Trouble comes, and I trouble my trouble because I'm not troubled by it. And so trouble comes, I trouble my trouble because I'm not troubled by it, because I know who I am, I know what God has called me to do, and I have the grace to pass every test. Say amen to that. Say, I have the grace for it. But none of this comes until I come into the knowledge of him. So when I discover Jesus, when I get a revelation of Jesus, I get a revelation of self. Number two from this passage, we learn that when you have the knowledge of God and God's knowledge of you, grace and peace are multiplied to you. Say grace and peace. Oh, my God. I, I could preach for an hour just on that. I won't. Calm down. It's all right. I'm not going to do it. But I'm just saying, I could. I could. All right, so grace and, let's talk about grace and peace. So when I come into God's knowledge of me, the text says grace and peace are multiplied to me through the knowledge of him. So it's grace and peace. What is grace? So grace is two aspects of grace. I taught you all of this before. The first aspect of grace is the unmerited favor where God opens doors for me. No man can close. God closes door for me. No man can open. The, that aspect of grace is I do nothing. Say, I do nothing. 
I do nothing and God does everything. And he raises up people to use their power, their ability, their influence, and their money to help me in ways that I cannot help myself is the grace of God and the favor of God goes before me like a shield, right? That's one aspect of grace. The other aspect of grace, the first one, I do nothing. And in the second one, I can do all things. And so in the second aspect of grace, God empowers me to do what I could never do without God. Is God super on my natural, giving me the ability to do what I could not do without him? And so on the other aspect of grace, I am empowered. I have wisdom from above, wisdom that exceeds my education and experience. I'm saying stuff I need to write down because I never heard it before. And I'm like, man, this is good. And so I'm operating in wisdom, insight, revelation, knowledge, and understanding. I'm, I'm, I'm empowered to do what God has called me to do. I have a level of strength. Matter of fact, I'm running harder than I've ever run in my life. I'm working harder, but I'm not the one who's doing it. It's the grace of God through me. And so my body is not breaking down. I'm getting good sleep. Why? Because I'm not the one who's doing it. And people say, how in the world do you do all the stuff that you do, Rick? I do it by the grace of God. But it's by the grace of God that I am what I am. Say amen to that. So when I know who I am, I know what I'm called to do. Grace is multiplied unto me. Here's another thing. Here's another thing. Not only is great caring, not only is grace multiplied to me, but peace is multiplied to me. So when I know who I am and I know what I'm called to do, I have a level of peace on the inside that is unbothered by what's happening on the outside. And so, so stuff is happening on the outside and everyone around me is pulling their hair out. Everyone around me is glued to CNN and MSNBC and Fox News and I'm good. <laughs> I, I'm not even, I ain't even worried about all that. Why? Because I have a peace on the inside that is not shaken, that is not stirred. I have a peace that's so supernatural that psychologists and psychiatrists can't figure it out. They're saying right now you should be disturbed, but I am unbothered by all of this. Why? Because great, I know who I am. I know what I'm called to do. Grace and peace or multiply to me, but it only comes through the knowledge of him. So the more I'm growing in the knowledge of God, the more I'm growing in God's knowledge of me. And I walk over to the mirror, and if you're a member of Victory Christian Ministries International, for those of you that are watching online, let me tell you something. You're going to get this down in your heart. You're going to walk over to the mirror and stand there flat-footed and say, as Jesus is, so am I in this world. Come on now. I know who I am. I know what I'm called to do. I have grace. I have peace, and it's multiplied. This is how I pass every test. Say grace and peace. It's multiplied through the knowledge of him. And then number three, the text says, I become a partaker of God's divine nature. Oh, glory to God. Bro Brother Perry, I become a partaker of God's divine nature. God's divine nature. Listen, God is limitless. There's nothing God can't do. And the nature of God is my nature. I am in the kingdom, and the kingdom is in me. Uh, if you're born again, raise your hand real quick. All right, we're going to deal with anybody's hand that's not raised later. All right, put your hands down. If you're born again, watch this. There's several things that happen when you got born again. When you got born again, the Bible says that you were sealed with the Holy Spirit uh, uh, until the day of redemption. The Bible says that you were translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God's dear son. That God called you out of darkness into light. That God ascended you and you were seated. Say, I am seated in heavenly places. With Christ Jesus, right now, 
Joe, you are seated at 14015 Minneville Road, but at the same time, you were seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. So now that I'm up here with God, I'm seated with God, I'm born again, I'm filled with the Holy Ghost, I'm covered by the blood of Jesus, I'm anointed by the Holy Spirit, I am called according to God's work and His plan and His purposes for my life. God is on me, in me, with me, and for me. I become a partaker of God's divine nature. What is His nature? There's nothing He can't do. Therefore, there's nothing I can't do. All right, listen, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. The words that I speak, they're not my words. He's giving me the words, and he's performing the work. Here's another thing. God, there's, there's nothing God can't do. He's limitless. Therefore, I'm limitless because God lives in me, right? Another thing. So God, God knows everything. And since God knows everything, that, that God, the Bible says God made him, Jesus, to be perfect wisdom for us. Since God knows everything, God can give me the wisdom to do what he's calling me to do even when I didn't go to school for it. And as a matter of fact, the people that went to school for it, Shawana, the people with PhDs come to me for me to explain to them how this stuff works. And, and so they're like, hey, can I talk? And they're like, how does this dude, this Dominican dude, figure this thing out? How can he just look at something and just listen? to it. I'd be in a meeting. I hear they explain it. You know, I'm in technology, so I'm always looking at new stuff, emerging technology. They come out. I listen for a few minutes, and I go, okay, let me tell you what I think I heard. And I say it, and the people that just presented, they writing down what I said. Why? Because that's wisdom that comes from above. I'm talking about God has, I am a partaker of God's divine nature. Say amen to that. The nature of God is the nature of me. I am in God. God is in me. I am in the kingdom. The kingdom is in me. Say amen to that. And so I become a partaker. That's how I pass every test. Say, I have the grace to pass every test. All right? So now, that said, let me take you to another passage. This will be the last passage we deal with today. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. We're going to be here until we're done. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. I'm going to read for you verses 7 through 13 and then verses 16 through 18 from the Passion Translation. And then we're going to talk about it and then we'll wrap it up. The Bible says, beginning at verse 7, 7, we are like common clay jars that carry around the glorious treasure within. So that this immeasurable power... That will be seen, it will be seen as God's power and not our power. Verse 8, though we experience every kind of pressure. Say, I have the grace for it. Though we experience every kind of pressure, we're not crushed. At times, we don't even know what to do, but we know this, quitting is not an option. If you're going to put it up there, please put it in the Passion Translation. Quitting is not an option. Verse 9, we're persecuted by others, but God has not forsaken us. We may be knocked down, but we're not knocked out. We continually share in the death of Jesus in our own bodies. Why, Paul? So that the resurrection life of Jesus can be revealed through our own humanity. We consider living to mean that we're constantly being handed over to death for Jesus' sake. But this is so that the life of Jesus can be revealed through our humanity. Verse 12. So then... Death is at work in us, but it's releasing life in you. Verse 13, we have the same spirit of faith that is described in the Scriptures. Watch this. Say this. Say this. Say, I speak the language of faith. Okay, so what is that language? The text says, first I believe, then I spoke in faith. So we also believe, then we speak in faith. Verse 16, so no wonder we don't give up. For even though our outer person is gradually wearing out, we have an inner person that is renewed 
every single day, and we view our slight, short-lived troubles in the light of eternity. We view our difficulties as the substance, say, is working for me. That the difficulties is actually the substance that is producing inside of me an eternal, weighty glory that is far beyond all comparison because I do not focus my attention on the seen. I am focusing my attention on the unseen, and the unseen is more real to me than the seen. And so, so I get to the point where there's this unseen realm. Watch this. I walk into my prayer closet. I'm spending time with God in prayer, and God is showing me things. He's painting a picture upon the canvas of my heart, and I'm seeing myself operating in levels and ways, and I'm, I'm, I'm seeing myself going from times and seasons and levels and stages, and then I come out of my prayer closet, and I come into the scene, and, and it's like the earth hasn't caught up with, with God's reality yet, and, and then the text says that I'm so convinced by what God revealed, I'm so persuaded by what God showed me in my prayer closet that, that the unseen is actually more real to me than the scene, and so I, I'm coming out, I'm in this world, I'm not of this world, I'm down here, but I'm in sync with up there, and I'm living off of a different reality. And, I'm in, and it, might seem, it might seem like I'm out of sync with the people down here in this world. That's okay, just as long as I'm in sync with God. And so I'm, I'm living in harmony with God. I'm living in agreement with God. And when I live this way, I have the grace to pass every test. Say amen to that. Amen. All right, so here's some things I want to share with you. I'll get through whatever I get through, and then I'll be out of time. Number one, God can use any man that's male or female. Any man, male or female, because the power comes from God and not from us. Say the power is from God and not from me. That's verse 7. We're like common clay jars and we carry around this glorious treasure on the inside of us. And God set it up that way so that the excellency of the power would be from God and not from us. We are God carriers. We are actually taking God with us into every meeting, every conversation, all the activity. We're taking God with us into that Zoom call. We're taking God with us into that Google Meet session. We're taking God with us. So, so, so God set it up that way so that the glory would be from him and not from you. You are the container, but you're not the content. He is the content. You're just the container. And you're the container that's walking around. Wouldn't it be a shame for you to be born again for 10 years, 20 years, 30 years? Wouldn't it be a shame for you to have walked around with the Holy Ghost for three decades, four decades, and get to heaven and find out that you never let him out? So you are a God, say, I'm a God carrier. So you're a God carrier, and God set it up that way so that the power would be from him and not from us. Say amen to that. So no matter what you're facing, as long as you know that the power comes from him, then you have the grace for it. Say, I have the grace for it. And because I have the grace for it, verse 8 says, number two, we can handle every kind of pressure. Say, I can handle by the grace of God. Every kind of pressure. All right, so that's, that's verse 8. You can throw that up there. We're troubled on every side. The King James says, yet not distressed. We're perplexed but not in despair. The, the Passion Translation says, though we experience every kind of pressure, we're not crushed. At times, we don't even know what to do, but we know this. Quitting is not an option. So, so I, I can face every kind of pressure. I can face it. And watch this. I, not only can I face it, Ruby, I can face it without it troubling me. Not, not only can I face it, I remember years ago, my sister's watching right now, at the end of the year, uh, uh, I, I shared, I said, man, this year was one of the hardest years of my life. And I talked to my sister almost every day. And after today's word, after I, I was going live and after the live stream was over, she called me and said, what, what, what's going on? I, I didn't know you went through anything. I couldn't tell that you went through anything. 
I couldn't tell that you went through anything. How did you go? I couldn't tell. Well, you ain't never going to tell because we're troubled on every side, but I can handle every kind of pressure. So, so, so I'm not going to, listen, you don't have to look like what you're going through. And thank God that I don't look like what I've been through. But, but you don't want to be like those people that just want to glorify challenges. Oh, girl. Oh, you don't even know. Oh, you don't know how hard it is right now. Oh, these are troubled times. Oh, I'm still recovering from the pandemic. Oh, my uncle passed away. Oh, I got COVID twice. I can barely breathe sometimes. Oh, let me. Oh, oh my God. You better not be a member of this church. You a member of this church. You ain't going to be talking like that. No, no. Say every kind of pressure. I, listen, I, I can handle everything. If it's in front of me, I know I can handle it. And the text says quitting is not an option. Sometimes I don't know what to do, but I know this, we're going to keep going. Forward ever, backward never, the best is yet to come. I may not know what to do, but I know quitting is not an option. I know quit, say there's no quit in me. I'm one of those no-quit preachers. You listen to me for five minutes, you're going to feel like you can leap a tall building with a single bound. Glory to God. Listen, there's nothing you can't do. There's, God is on you and in you and with you and for you. He, if God is for me, he's more than the whole wide world against me. Say amen to that. Am I in the right room? Glory to God. I feel like preaching this morning. The Bible says, listen, this is the Apostle Paul writing, and pa Paul gives his testimony. He says, let me tell you all something. L listen, you ain't never heard me talk about this, but I'm going to tell you, you, know, you will never know that I went through this, but I'm going to just share it so that it's documented. I've worked much harder than everybody else. I was in prison more frequently. I've been flogged more, severely, more severely. I was exposed to death again and again and again. Five times. You remember the movie, The Passion of the Christ? And when, when they get to the 39 stripes, right, when you see that, it is so painful to watch. They did that five times to Paul. Say five times. Five times he received 40 lashes minus one. Three times he was beaten with rods. I don't know about y'all. Y'all ever get hit by a stick? You playing around and then you like, boom. You, you, you don't want to hit your cousin, but you mess around and hit him. Oh, what's wrong with you? Right? He was beaten with rods. He was, be he was stoned. to. I mean, like he was shipwrecked three times. He spent a night and a day in the open sea. He was constantly on the move. His family turned on all this stuff. Listen, he tells about all these things. He says, I know what it's like to go through all of that. And then I'm going to write this. I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthened me. Listen, you have the grace for it. You have the grace to overcome. You have the grace to endure every kind of pressure. Say, I have the grace for it. Say, quitting is not an option. All right. So quitting is not an option. Verse 10, the Bible says, we continually share in the death of Jesus in our own bodies, but this is so that the resurrection life of Jesus can be revealed through our humanity. So listen, when we're going through challenges, obstacles, opposition, and we're facing things down here in this present world, the Bible says, listen, you should embrace it. Say, I embrace it. I embrace the, the grace to overcome it because as I'm embracing the death of Jesus, I actually get to personify the life of Jesus so that Christ's life can be seen through my own humanity. There are people that are not going to see Jesus, but they see you. And they want to see Jesus in you. And you say, as Jesus is, so am I in this world. Well, you have to personify that. You got to keep going when things get tough. Listen, I know, I know that, that, that. Real talk, there are people that, that have faced some significant challenges over the last few years. But we are not like those that give up. We are not like those that have no hope. 
Say, I have, say this. Say, I am never, I am never hopeless, hopeless because I am never, because I am helpless. never helpless. God, is, God, God will never turn his back on me. He will never leave me. He will never forsake me. He will never relax the grip that he has on me. He will not in any degree let me down. He will not, he will not in any degree leave me without support. Even when I am faithless towards God, God is faithful towards me. The text says he cannot deny himself. He looks at me and says, nope, that one's mine. He's acting crazy right now, but that's still my son. She's acting crazy right now, but that's still my daughter. He cannot deny himself. He looks at you. He's more committed to you than you're committed to you. And so when you know that God is with you, you can do all things. Say amen to that. Verse 12, we have the same spirit of faith that is described in the Scriptures when it says, first I believe, then I spoke in faith, so we also believe, then we speak in faith. The Apostle, Apostle Cynthia wrote a book about the power of your words and speaking the language of faith through the voice of faith. Say the voice of faith. My words matter. God has set up a system to where, where, where I am going to have whatsoever I say. When I speak words from a believing heart, either they're words of faith or words of fear. If the words came from a believing heart, if they were words of fear from a believing heart, then what I feared is going to come upon me. If they're words of faith from a believing heart, then what I believe God for is going to come upon me. Your words matter. You can't be speaking negative and thinking that the power of God is going to be manifested in your life. Somebody said, Shawana, somebody said um, uh, this person uh, almost got into an accident. And, 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 and he was like, what happened? And God said, well, you kept saying my feet are killing me. <laughs> so your feet were trying to take you out there. Listen, I'm, I'm saying stop saying stuff. Stop saying stuff that you don't believe. And don't act like, so I, I remember Kenneth Copeland gave this testimony years ago. He said that when he first was in ministry, right, uh, Elder Aida, when, for, when he first was in ministry, uh, um, he was trying to deal with his words. And so, so the way that uh, Gloria Copeland helped him was every time he said something negative, she would say, oh, that's your confession. I believe it's coming to pass. And then he would say, no, 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 I, I didn't mean that. So why would you say it then? She's laughing because I used to do that to her all the time. When, when we first got, so it was a long time ago. Say long time ago. So there's no condemnation, baby. It's okay. That was a long time. So Isabella would say something negative. I'd say, oh, that's your confession. I believe it's coming to pass. Well, I didn't mean that. Why'd you say it then? Why'd you say it? So Kenneth Copeland said, he, he kept doing that. She kept saying that. And he was painting his house. And he was painting. And he said, Gloria was in the other room. He said, man, this brush is falling apart in my hands. And she from the other room yelled, that's your confession. I believe it's coming to pass. And when he went like this, the whole brush fell apart, paint everywhere. He said, okay, Lord, I repent, I repent. Listen, one of the reasons why you, you can overcome is because you are aligning your lips with your divine assignment. Your, your legs would never take you where your heart has never been, but your legs are not, never going to take you where your lips haven't been either. So you need to align your lips and your legs with what God is saying. You need to align your lips and your legs with your divine assignment. Say amen to that. Words matter. Speak life and not death. Speak blessing and not cursing. And so verse 16, I think I'm done. This will be the last scripture I deal with. Verse 16, so no wonder we don't give up. For even though our outer man is gradually wearing out, we have an inner man that's being renewed day by day. So this is how, so the Apostle Paul sums it up and says, this is how we don't give up. We realize that we are, say, I am a spirit. So I am, the real me is a spirit, and the real me who's a spirit is going to live forever in one or two places. 
right? In my, in my case, I got, I got confirmation. I got a confirmation now. I know where I'm going. All right, so, so, so anyway, the real me who's the spirit. And so, so the real me who's the spirit lives in the body. And this body, the text says, is gradually wearing out. Now, we try, we try, right? We try to eat right. We try to, you know, go to the gym. We try to do what we got to do. Isabella's been doing a good job, you know, getting her steps in. Like, we try to maintain our body. We try to do all of that. But at the end, at the end of the day, the text says, this body is gradually wearing out. But at the same time, say the same time. So the outer man is gradually, little by little, it came from the dust until the dust is going to return. But we have on the inside another one. So I have an outer man, but I have an inner man that at the same time, while my outer man is gradually wearing out, my inner man is being renewed every single day. And so, so now this is how I can overcome anything. This is how I can pass the test because my inner man through the Holy Spirit is being renewed every single day. I'm getting, I'm meditating and I'm medicating on the Word of God. I'm, I'm murmuring the Word. I'm speaking the Word. Like Joshua 1 and 8 says, let this book of the Lord not depart from out of thy mouth. I'm speaking the Word over my family. I'm speaking the Word over my children. I'm, I'm declaring the Word of God. I'm decreeing what God has already declared. I'm meditating on the Word day and night. And then I observe to do all that is written therein. And so now my inner man is being renewed every single day. Not only that, as I'm walking with God, I'm coming into the knowledge of Him. And God is revealing to me everything that he stored up for me from the foundations of the world. And as I'm walking with God that way, and God is renewing my inner man every single day, then there's nothing I can't do. There's, no, there's nothing. Listen, I am empowered. I will pass every test. Four things as I close. Number one, when you live this way, when you're led by the Holy Spirit, number one, you will never give up. Say, I'll never give up. Number two, you will pass every test. Say, I will pass every test because I have the grace for it. Number three, you will be renewed every single day. Say, I am being renewed every day of my life. And number four, I got to stand up here for that. Let's stand all over the building for number four. Number four is something that we've been, we've been declaring all year long from Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 12. The Bible says, watch this, number four, your progress will have no limits. Say, my progress will have no limits. Give God some praise all over the building. Hallelujah. I have a grace for it. Those of you that are watching at home, listen, you have the grace for it. You have the grace to pass the test. You already have the grace. You have the grace to pass every test. If you're going through something, listen.